for listening. Thank you for listening. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by my daddy. Hosted by my daddy. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. My name is Ron Silico. This is episode 17. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing someone who's local to me, Don Pop and Tracy Pop, who are a father-daughter combination that own that are the owners and proprietors of Don Pop Honey. Don, Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I've I became familiar with Don Pop Honey through buying their product at the grocery store, seeing it at farmer's markets, and it's it's a very tasty product. I usually eat it once or twice a day, and uh, finding out that they were local, it certainly sparked the, and ties into what we're talking about with this show in terms of outstanding Ohioans, people making an impact in their community in, in unique ways. So, Don, Tracy, can you give a little bit of your background, where you grew up, and who were some of your role models in life? Well, I grew up in, uh, in Warsaw, Kentucky, and uh, moved to Ohio in 1957. Um, had my stand in, in the Army, met my wife, and I retired from General Motors in uh, 1991. Got interested and drove a semi for 12 years till. My wife was, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 1996, and in, in, in 2002, I had to quit driving the truck, start taking care of my wife full-time, or full-time, she was handicapped, and uh, she would go with me every every day with me with the bees. I'd put her up in the truck, and uh, I, I'd work the bees all day. And then she got so bad that I had to put her in a nursing home. That's where she's at currently. And now I do I do the honeybees all day. Tracy does the bottling and the marketing and what have you. And uh, it's just, just fulfills my day working, working the bees. Okay. And who are some of your role models growing up? Well, as far as the bees... Bees or just personally? Well, I don't know. I didn't have, really have any role models, I guess. I lost my dad when I was 16. And just just different people. No no one specific people till I got <clears throat> till I got involved with the bees. And then I had some role models there. One of them was Harv Singleton. And, and the other one was Bob Ryan over at, over at uh, Oxford. And Mr. Singleton passed away. I purchased, I purchased his remaining beehives in his location, and from then on, I just went went on my own. Kept my eyes, my, my mouth shut, and my ears open. <laughs> That's how I learned everything. And what year did you start keeping bees? I, I started keeping bees in uh, 1995. I started mm-hmm. out with one beehive. Mm-hmm. Now I run, try to keep around five on it, and... Uh, uh, with a lot of the bee diseases, you, you lose a lot of your bees every year. But we, we try to keep around 500. Yeah. And Tracy, what about you? Well, I was, we grew, I, we grew up in Springdale. They moved south. I stayed up here. And that was, 
88, I think. Mm-hmm. And then was married, had two kids, divorced eight years later, went on my way, put myself through college, um, raised the kids. They went on their way. And about four years ago, I started in. I've worked with, helped him out since he started with the bees, but, you know, pretty much part-time and helped with, you know, sometimes out in the bees and um, the craft shows, festivals, stuff like that. But up until four four years ago, that's when I started here Mm full-time. And it just shot up from there, increased... I don't even know how much of a percent that we increased up in, you know, through the past four years, but it's my livelihood right now. I mm-hmm. wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm-hmm. I'm able to be up with him and it allows him to be over with my mom and, you know, it's given a few people jobs and, you know, I've the honeybee situation. You got to be an advocate of the honeybees. If they're gone, we're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, we not only does it produce the honey, but it's pollination and you know an all-around issue that's going on right now. We gotta take a stand on keeping them alive and healthy, and you know, it, we would be in a world hurt if something happened with the honeybees. Mm-hmm. I think that's, at least in my mind, that's one of the biggest issues that I want to talk about with you today. What what is your opinion? I guess, first off, why has the honeybee population declined? And then if you can, in the second part of that, speak to what the honeybee's role is in, in terms of nature. Well, your, your, your bees started probably approximately 20 years ago. A uh, insect called the varroa mite showed up in this country. And before people found out what it was, what was happening, they had about uh, a 99% bee loss before they realized what was going on. But then they started uh, with medication to try to eradicate the mite, which you can't eradicate. You can control them. And if you don't, then they will kill all your bees. That, that's happened like uh, a year before last, I think. Uh, like six, four to eight, 40 to 60 percent of your bees in the United States perish because of the varroa Well, they've come out with, with new medication, and it's like it's a bad issue, but you've got several different uh, bee diseases and insects that will, that's hard on the bees. Plus, uh, there's not much forage anymore for the bees to work because everybody is is spraying the yards and and all the farmers they're they're going cash crop they're plowing up all the fence rows and it's just hard for bees to uh, forage enough to keep themselves alive you have a lot of starvation and uh, you have to constantly monitor the bees uh, to make sure they they've got plenty of food and the insects aren't killing them and what have you. What was your other question? Well, it kind of builds on Tracy's okay. point. You, you made the statement, if the honeybees aren't here, we're not here. Explain that to the audience. What, what does that mean? 
Well, they provide pollination. It's like a, you know, honeybees down here, and, you know, it just builds up. If, if they're not here, then we're, we're in trouble. The pollination, the honey. Um, you know, I think Albert Einstein said if, if the bees perish, four years, we'll be gone. And, you know, people just don't understand that the bees go pollinate and, um, you know, grab the nectar. And that's all part of the, the process here on Earth. You know, they're, they're an important link to the, to the puzzle here. I think the list is easier to say what they don't pollinate than what they do pollinate. In terms of fruits and vegetables, what, what do bees not do not pollinate? Corn. Well, do they do corn? No, no, they don't pollinate corn. Uh, just, just about everything that blooms, bees has, uh, has a, they do pollinate a lot of that. Almonds are definitely number one. Well, yeah, they have lot, to be pollinated. A lot of, lot of your, your crops has to be pollinated by, by bees or they don't have any fruit. Soybeans is pollinated by honeybees. Uh, I don't know. Just just about everything in bloom has bees has something to do with that. Okay. I think you brought up a interesting point. What what could the average homeowner do to help the bee population? Well, number one, they can quit spraying their yards for dandelions and, and, and things like that. Bees, bees uh, they, they pollinate, well they get a lot of pollen off of dandelions and put out more flowers that are bee friendly. There's, there's a lot of flowers that, that you can plant that do attract honeybees. I, I, I can't name each, each one of them but you can go to any hardware store and uh, and you can go on offline. You can you can pull up what flowers that you can plant that mm -hmm. is bee friendly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the big one is spraying. Spray spraying pesticides is, is the biggest uh, culprit for uh, harming honeybees. It sure is. Now, is there any link between chemicals and in the mite that you had talked well, about? Uh, well, the only, only thing with the chemical would be what you... No, they, chemicals don't cause it, the mice. You just, you've got to use a chemical to control them. That's what most people do. And if you don't control them, they're, they're watching bees out. Sure do. Okay. And you know, going back to how you got started, why did what, what was your purpose to getting involved with beekeeping? Well, I, at the time I started, I don't guess I really had a purpose. I just I had a friend that had had uh, beehives, and he asked if uh, if he could put one on my farm here, and I said yes. Well, the minute he put that hive out here, I I really got interested in it. And then as the years went on, I found out how important the honeybees were to our livelihood. And uh, with me just being falling in love with them and 
knowing that purpose here on, on earth it really intrigued me and I just couldn't get enough of it I just grew and grew and grew and and, and we got the point where we could we used to make them we processed a lot of honey so we started selling it and right now there's we are in a number of stores that sell a lot of honey mm-hmm I'm really I'm interested in hearing about how you you built the business up, but before that, what's the process to cultivate a beehive from start to finish? How do you do that? Well, you mean how do you how do you get how do you make a beehive? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I I buy a lot of uh, starter bees out of out of the south because you can't get them up here. That's as many as we need to replace our dead bees. But you just, you have a, uh, a wooden box. It's, it's called a, 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 I call it just a beehive. And you can either put, you, you've got to have a queen when you put bees in that box. And once you put them in that box, then they, that's their home. And they just start doing their, their thing, what they're supposed to do, and it's amazing what they do. They just keep filling full of, full of uh, wax. They put pollen in there for food, their own food. And they go out and get nectar. They put nectar in there to make honey. They're not making honey for you and I, they're making it for their survival. We take off the excess honey mm-hmm. that they don't need, and then we process that, and we leave honey on there for them to survive it. Mm-hmm. And what's what's a, a timeline look like from when you would get some starter bees to where you extract the excess honey? Well, you, you, you start uh, your bees, start making bees when it starts warming up. Some, usually around April, the middle of April it gets warming up and then you start having a nectar flow. But you, uh, you can start uh, your beehive then. And then around the 1st of May, you start having nectar flows in the area. That's when bees go out and get their nectar to start their, making their honey. And that, that'll go on for oh, maybe a month. And then things kind of slow down. Things start stop blooming when they get the nectar. And then later on, uh, sometimes uh, if the weather's right, they will get nectar off soybeans. And then in, in the fall, you have goldenrod come on. They get a lot of nectar from goldenrod. Mm-hmm. But usually, we here at this farm, we uh, we start extracting honey from the bees' hives around the first of August, and it takes us about a month and a half to complete that whole thing with having so many locations. We usually start, we start extracting honey from the 1st of August to uh, about the middle of September. And then we're done. And we start doing our cleanups and whatever. That extraction process, mm-hmm. how, how long does it take and what, what's the yield on a typical hive? Uh, extracting wise, well, we bring in all the supers and We've got our honey hut out there with all the extracting equipment, and you know, like he said, it's a pretty 
month, month and a half process. Um, but what off a, a good yeah, you, hive? You, yeah, a good a good hive where you have somewhere around sixty thousand bees uh, in this area right here. You can oh I don't know what the average would be, but you can get anywhere from thirty-five to three hundred pounds per hive. In some locations, uh, the nectar flow is a lot better than other locations, and that's your that's your locations that that uh, we try to put more bees in, and it just pays off better like that. Now, this extractor that you talked about is it some some kind of tube machine that you put in, or how how's it work? No, in the um, when the nectar starts flowing. He will put on what they call a honey super, and it's a box with nine frames, and the bees will go in, and when they go out to get their nectar, they you know, suck up the nectar stored in a, what the, some say a second stomach, and by the time they get back to the hive, it's converted to honey. Hmm. They'll pass that on to another yeah. worker bee in the hive. That other worker bee will go up and store it in this honey super. When the moisture content is the right the right percent, then they'll cap it with wax, and then our machine out there will, we take each frame and drop it into this uncapper, and cuts off the wax, and then we put that frame with all the honey exposed into centrifugal force spinner, and then that'll pull the honey out, and it goes through the clarifying tank and into the barrel. We store all the honey in, in barrels until we need it. Mm-hmm. But... Um, our open house is the first Saturday in August, mm-hmm. and then we've got all the equipment running, and mm-hmm. it's full-blown by then, the farm is. Mm-hmm. So come out and check that out. Okay. So it sounds like it's a very seasonal operation. How do you how do you keep stores stocked year-round? With the honey that we cultivate or harvest in the, in the summer, we just store it in barrels and put the barrels in the barn and bring it in as we need it. Okay. Is there an aging process or is it, can it, can most it? times by the time we need it, the honey's granulated in the barrels and we have to slowly heat that to where, you know, it gets back to liquid form mm-hmm. and then we're able to put it in the bottling tanks. Okay. We, we consider, consider our honey as being unprocessed raw honey. Mm-hmm. That's why the public once nowadays, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how we. A lot of our, a lot of our stores, we advertise that it is raw honey. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Your big commercial, big commercial companies, they high pressure microfilter, uh, which takes out a lot of the pollen, all mm-hmm. the good stuff, all the nutrients, and it extends the shelf life. Mm-hmm. They expose it to high heat. And it's mainly, it's a money game for them. It's, you know, the longer it could sit on the shelf, good chance it'll get sold. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we don't expose it to high heat. We don't microfilter. You know, we just strain it out enough to get the bee parts out. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a jar of honey with a bee leg in it. Mm-hmm. Kind of unattractive, but, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Now what, I, I, I've heard some anecdotal evidence what what it, what are some health benefits to consuming raw honey versus the processed high heat filter 
Well, when, when you <clears throat> when you high heat filter, it takes out all, all your pollen, uh, your nutrients that that is hard healthy, uh, healthy, and uh, where we we don't do that, and then <clears throat> this, that leaves the pollen in there. That, and we th- we think local honey helps uh, with your with your allergies. Mm-hmm. And we, we've had a lot of people tell us that they've been able to get off allergy medicine completely by just eating eating raw honey. And and there's a lot of doctors nowadays that are telling people that. So. So is the best way to get the maximum benefit just to eat a spoonful of it all by itself? That's, that's what we, we tell people when mm-hmm. they ask us at the time. Eat at least a teaspoon a day. Okay. And we we, had, we tell them that, you know, they should eat it year-round, just not at all the time. Mm-hmm. And honey, <clears throat> honey's good for it, and it tastes good also. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You could put it on wounds. It's been known to help oh. heal wounds. Okay. What else? Any other good uses like that? That's Sweeteners. Neat. It's better than the uh, processed sugars. Mm-hmm. Your body digests digests it better. Just better for you. My boys love to eat peanut butter sandwiches with mm-hmm. with honey on it. Yeah. I, I put that on, and they 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 just love that. So you obviously, you know, just hearing Tracy talk about it, you, you've grown this to be your full time occupation now. Yeah. What was your process, Don, to where you? started from maybe just having it for your own consumption mm-hmm. to start building it up for a bit with, as a business and how did what kind of partners did you seek out to help you with that? Well I I started uh like I said in nineteen ninety five started one beehive and then uh I liked it so well that and I just I just wanted more. Passion. Yeah, the passion was there and then uh, the Mr. Singleton, the guy, my mentor, like I said, he he passed away. I was able to purchase several of his hives, and then at that time, I seen there was a market for local raw honey in this area, and uh, I was able to get into the Kroger stores, and and then Jungle Gems. They came to me wanting wanting my honey in their store, and uh, with God's help. Uh, I was able to just grow and and uh, I just couldn't get enough of it and and uh, you know once I seen it was a business I could make a business out of it part time. Well, I just continued every year. I would try to double my my uh, number of bees I would have, and then I was lucky enough to get Tracy to come aboard with me like four years ago, mm-hmm. and and seeing she was good in in the marketing part of it, and since she had been on board, the business has really, really took off, and now we're just a, just about at the point where we can't uh, we can't handle any, any more business. We're at we're at that max. Could you give the listeners a guesstimate, or you, you may even have the actual numbers? What what's the volume of bottles that you're selling annually? Uh, last year, I think we sold. Ninety-five thousand pounds of honey that went through wow. here, and the number of bottles—I don't know. You'd have to. That might take a minute. Yeah, <laughs> we constantly have to buy 
and mm-hmm. tiny. Ninety-five thousand pounds. Wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Now, do you do all your own bottling, or do you? Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got we've got one one lady. She sits twenty twenty to thirty hours, maybe a week. She does the majority of all the bottling and cleaning. Then we've got a second girl. She's maybe eight hours a week. She'll come in on the evenings. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get get. I'm trying to get away from the bottling so I can get out there with him more. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to keep as many bees or increase, I think you know, I want to broaden my my knowledge in his area mm-hmm. and what he knows. I need mm-hmm. to pick his brain more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've got the customers, we've got, you know, the sales is no problem. Mm-hmm. I'd like to increase the be part of it, too. Mm-hmm. So Now, what have you heard from your the stores that, that purchase it from you? How long does it stay on the shelf? Not long. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a pretty quick turnover. Well, yeah, yeah you take, like, Jungle Gyms. She's been delivering there a lot here you know, lately, once a week. Uh, we have grocery stores that have standing orders mm-hmm. uh, every two weeks. They want that honey there. And uh, then the average, I don't know what the average would be. Most of these stores, I don't know, every two weeks. Usually every two weeks. There's some that I go to, you know, once a month. But most times when I get out there, they are in need of it. The, mm-hmm. the shelves are empty. Um, it it doesn't stay on on the shelf too long. Mm-hmm. We 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 uh, we make we build our own shelves, and uh, and our honey. They put the a stand. I guess you want to say well, mm-hmm. the honey stand. And in produce stores, they are in usually the nutrition. Mm-hmm. Health food section, right? And uh, and uh, that's and, and crow is most of them like that. Uh, Jungle Jim is in the honey section. Mm-hmm. So now, do you, do you do any direct consumer sales, or is it all through stores? No, we hit uh, the the fall festivals. He's for as long as he's done it, he's kind of picked out the good good shows to go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, very successful in the fall. You know, once we stop extracting and get that cleaned up out there, the next busy segment of time is the craft shows. It starts the middle of September. Yeah, you got your pork festival mm-hmm. and your sarcrass festival. Mm-hmm. We've done them for years and years. And yeah, those people are, just come those are huge. Just <laughs> to buy the hunt. Mm-hmm. And we've had them to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, and then we have our an honor box here in the farm that people can come in here and buy honey anytime they want to and just leave the money in there. It's an honor system and mm-hmm. and it works out real, real good. Hmm. And, if, and if we're here during the day, people can get whatever side honey they want. Mm-hmm. So you have an honor system yeah, here. We do. Mm-hmm. And people could just put it in a box. and Yeah, we've had that set up for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And so forth. You may have a, an incident where somebody 
isn't it honest? Honest, but very, very seldom. We, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't even hardly even check to see. We just, mm-hmm. we just keep it full. It's mm. great. Yeah. So, you, you've you've alluded to it a few times. If if a, if daily routine could even be a, a correct term, what what does a daily routine look like? For example, we're in mid January right now. What what's a daily routine look like for you with with the beekeeping business? Well, my part of it, I spend. Uh, I go to the nursing home, feed my wife. And then I'm back here. I, I usually start my day at 9 o'clock. And then it goes until 4 o'clock. Uh, that's this time of year. It's mm-hmm. kind of slow. And I go back over there and take care of my wife. But uh, Right now it's feeding bees, checking bees. If any bees has died, we pick up the dead boxes. But the weather's so cold, you can't get into your boxes and, and look at your bees. You can just take the lid off and make sure the bees are alive. And, and then we, we're feeding them sugar patties now because they wasn't able to put away enough honey for themselves in the fall. So you have to, uh, you have to supplement their feed and that's what we're doing with a commercial made uh, sugar patty. Mm-hmm. And it will keep the bees alive until you get a, you get a uh, spring nectar flow. Mm-hmm. And mainly that's what my job is right now. And her job with with the bottling and stuff, it, it never ceases that mm-hmm. year round. So that's right now, that's how you split it. You're on the more of the production side mm-hmm. and you're on the mm-hmm. on the beekeeping yeah, side. And she goes out with me when, when it's slow on her again. She'll go out mm-hmm. and help me. And uh, she learns, you know. And I, you know, I teach her how to how to do it. And she she's a big help. I had submitted the questions to my audience to to get any questions they might have, and one of them was, "How do you keep from getting stung?" Uh, <laughs> you know, you you well, you can wear protective gear, mm-hmm. but to me, uh, a bee sting and to Tracy, a bee sting isn't. It don't bother. Mm-hmm. You know, it may hurt for a little bit, but uh, you don't. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm not scared of bees. You know, I just. Uh, I respect the honeybees. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want them stinging me because once they sting you, then then they die. Mm-hmm. And I don't. To me, a honeybee is a pet. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want my dog to die. I'll take care of my dog. I, I, I don't want to be hungry. That's the way I feel about honeybees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't want nothing to happen to them. You just got to be smart around them. You wouldn't. You wouldn't walk up to a hive like you are, and they're flying all over because mm-hmm. they, you know. They, they're not out to sting you. Mm-hmm. That's a defense me- mechanism. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got to be smart. You got to put your suit on, put your veil on, wear gloves if if needed. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can't be a beekeeper and not expect to be stinging. You, right. you have to be gentle with the bees too. Mm-hmm. If you go into a beehive, you start banging around. Uh, yeah, they're going to be on the fence. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I think the weather has a lot to do with bees. Uh, if you, uh, if it's a cloudy, rainy day, sometimes they don't want you messing with them, and they're they let you know pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me alone today. 
It's kind of like humans. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, you just kind of calm it down, you know. And, and, and I've heard people say, well, bees, you know, they get to know you. Well, we have 20 hives sitting right here at the house. And no, I'm not, nobody ever gets down here. Open, so, open house. They, we had a lot of supers in the honey hut that we were, you know, we were extracting. You know, in my opinion, they all, they smelt that honey in there. We had people all over out here. We had bees flying all over. They, one person got stung because they went up to one of the hives and wanted to take a picture. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, you know, they're, they're sensing that food. That's, that's what they need. That's what mm-hmm. they're doing. They're not out to sting. Nobody got stung that day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's if the time's right, you can go out there and stand by a hive. They'll fly around you. They're not going to sting you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that come to the open house, they're scared to death of bees. They ask, are we going to get stung? When they leave, they tell you we have a different opinion on honeybees mm-hmm. than the way, the, way, the way they act out here. I've had a lot of people tell me that. Mm-hmm. Something I'm curious about, just from observations in my own yard. This past summer, I saw more honeybees than I had seen probably in four or five years, which I was really pleased about. But I've also, at least my perception is I've seen some, I don't know if there are other insects that are becoming pollinators, but it looks like there's some cross breeding going on. And I see a lot of insects that look like combinations of flies and bees and hornets. Some come out of the ground, but I see them around the flowers all the time. Is that, is that a, is, is that nature reacting to honeybees? And well, no, there's no, there is no inbreeding with honeybees. Mm-hmm. No, that's impossible. Okay. But what, what you, if you say you've seen more bees last year, that could be where uh, they may have been a feral beehive or like a swarm mm-hmm. from, from somewhere moved into a tree in your yard mm-hmm. or in, in somebody's house. And and that's, that's maybe the bees that you're seeing. But as far as the population uh, of the bees themselves increasing, no, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. You, you just have to see that. Uh, New bees that came in your area. That okay. You, you, that's what you see. And it could be new beekeepers, new bee beekeepers, yeah. mm-hmm. starting off getting new, you know, their own hives. Mm-hmm. And he's helped a lot of the new bees start off, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we sell nukes. Those are starter hives. Okay. Um, you know, he's, he's selling those to the the people that are starting out or mm-hmm. you know ones that are that need to replace their hives mm-hmm. so he's not only you know into the honey but he's also trying to sell bees honey mm-hmm. bees mm-hmm. you mentioned that the vets have to come by and, and treat for the I'm, I'm sorry what was I couldn't for no, the grower mite gorilla no, mite I, I, there's nobody comes here. I do that. Oh, you do yeah. that. Okay. How often do you do that? You do that. You do it in the in the in the uh, late summer. Okay. And then uh, a lot of times in the early spring, 
you, you treat your beehive for that. If if some people they like to uh, do it the organic and they try to get by without treating for the mites, but a lot of times they uh, they end up losing the bees will die from from the mites. Mm. And but yeah, we do that. We you can purchase um, medicated strips and and different mite control uh, medicine that you put in the hive yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you mentioned that you're now helping people get involved with with their own personal beekeeping. Is that is that just for their own family use, or they is it any? You obviously have developed a, a very robust, successful business. Mm -hmm. Can people? Is it is it easy for people to get to? Not not to perhaps your level, but is it something that people can get involved with selling it? Well, to their neighbors and yeah, such. Yeah, a person starts out with maybe one beehive, two beehives, and then they get three or four. They have excess honey. Uh, yeah, they can sell. They can sell to their neighbors, give it to their neighbors, whatever they want to do. We, we are considered a commercial uh, beekeepers uh, business. And uh, it takes years and years and years to get up to where, mm -hmm. where we're at. And, and we've got, you know, multiple stores. They sell our honey. It would be hard for somebody else to get in, in a store. And nobody else around uh, in, in this part of the country that's even large enough to, uh, to sell to stores. Mm -hmm. right. Before we start the interview, Don, you shared with me how spread out your hives are. Can you share that with the audience? Yeah, we, we have bees... Uh, colonies uh, are like right now I think it's 35 different locations we have them in Indiana uh, all in the surrounding counties and and our are what we call locations we may have anywhere from 15 to 20 hives per location and uh, it, it varies uh, you know we may be increasing this year then we have to go out and find uh, other farms and, and where, where we think bees would do good, mm -hmm. and we have to get permission from that farmer. And in all the years I've been uh, working with bees, I've only had one bee, one farmer didn't want honeybees put on his place. Right. And I can't tell you why, <laughs> but it was a local. It's a local farmer. Mm -hmm. But most most farmers uh, welcome sure. uh, you to put honeybees on their on their farm because it's no win for them. Mm -hmm. They get free pollination, and then, uh, I, I I get the honey, and uh, you know I take care of the ground. I don't mistreat. I treat their property like it's my own property. Mm -hmm. And I think you can ask any anybody where we have bees that. We do take care of the place, and we give them honey too for for letting us do that. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned you're looking for locate a, a good environment. What what are some factors that make well, property appealing to you? To me, I like uh, a lot of woods. I like a creek going down through that woods, 
and I like for there be some uh, alfalfa fields within a mile of that location. I like to have soybeans, but some years they make, they make uh, uh, honey off of soybean bloom. Not all years, but occasionally they do. And I need access to it uh, year-round because I go in oh, every couple of weeks and I check on the bees. And, uh, but I just, I can drive up to an area and, and look at it. I guess I've had so much experience. I can tell you where I think that would be a good location or whether it would. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of bees. I have uh, Houston Woods surrounded. <laughs> with, with the location, okay. Uh, I have. I like to put bees pretty close to, to the city because there's a lot of flowers, a lot of trees that bloom in that city mm -hmm. that the bees can work. Mostly in the spring when you have a big bloom, they like. Uh, I like to have locust trees. When they uh, when the locust trees bloom. Majority of the time, the bees has uh, it, it produces a good nectar flow. Mm -hmm. Not that locust trees don't bloom every year, but uh, majority of the time they do, mm -hmm. and they make a lot of honey off the locusts, and it's good honey. Mm -hmm. And what is the lifespan of a bee? Worker bees, <clears throat> worker bees, which do all the work, they're all female. They live twenty eight, twenty nine days. The queen bee. The queen, she lives three to four years. Mm -hmm. And the drone, which are all males, their only job is to mate with the queen. Is, what is there? What's that? The drone. Well, I don't know what the lifespan of the drone is. They don't do really? much work anyway. Yeah, they, <laughs> now, in, in the wintertime, bees live longer because they, they're, not, they're not working. Mm -hmm. The honeybee, they just work themselves to death. That's reason And how often do bees reproduce? Well, you, you if you, you have a queen during uh, starting somewhere in, in in January, she will start she will start laying new bees, and she continuously uh, produces eggs, lays eggs, mm -hmm. and in the springtime. Uh, she she can lay up to fifteen hundred two thousand eggs uh, a, a day and because they you want about sixty thousand bees in a hive mm -hmm. uh, at prime prime nectar time. More the more workers, the more uh, the more honey they make. And so when the queen lays the eggs, how often, How long does it take before uh, a, a worker bee? Well, well. About 16 days, mm -hmm. they emerge. They, uh, I think their first job, uh, they're nurse bees. They take care of the queen. You've got bees that clean the house. Uh, then they, their last job in life is being forgers. They go out and get the next. Mm -hmm. That's their last, their last thing you do. Okay. And you, you talked a little bit about how bees go out and forage. What what kind of radius do they cover to go out to get well, food? I've read and, and I've heard I've always heard three to four mile radius. Well, a bee a bee can, can go out and work. And they always return to the hive. They always they always return. 
see that Pacific Hall. Hmm. They occasionally, they can get by with going into another hive, but uh, majority of the time they're not welcome there and they're hmm. going to be killed hmm. if, we, if we try to enter that hive. Okay. So, you've grown. You've been very passionate about this, and, you, and you've grown it to a tremendous level. How's it? What's the impact been on you personally? Oh, I'm just enjoyed. I'm just enjoyed. Usually, it's the last thing I think about at night, and the first thing I think about mm-hmm. getting out into the bees. I love. Just driving out to the bee yard, sitting there watching the bees, open the beehives up, and just just watching. Hmm. It just amazes me. I just love the honeybees. I guess mm-hmm. that's my passion. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tracy? Uh, well, again, it's it's his legacy that you know he built the business from the bottom. And I just helped it get to where it's at now. And, you know, I see his passion for it. But I've, on that same note, I've become an advocate. Mm -hmm. You know, I, people come up to me and ask me, well, how's the honeybees? And I'm sure he's heard that every day, 10 times a day. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, people know that I'm up here with him and, help running the business and you know how's the honeybees well they're okay they're okay right now mm-hmm. you know but sh- you know people have they have to become aware of how important they are mm-hmm. and you know not only is you know we're selling a lot of honey but it's it's something important mm-hmm. and she she she's a big com- computer she's good at on the computer mm-hmm and, and on our Facebook, she she has uh, developed one of the website. And on Facebook, she's all the time. Uh, she may go out with me. She'll take pictures of what we've done that day and different things. And if it's if it were something that we think the public should know mm-hmm. or would like to see, she'll put it on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And we have we have a big following on that because people just wait to see what she puts on it. Mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that. What you putting on next? And all mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's just, really interesting. It just it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Love it. Some people they have no idea. They have no idea mm-hmm. what it all what all it entails. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, somebody will come up. Well, what you do today? You know, and I try to tell them they have no clue. <laughs> they have no clue. Well, what are supers? What are you know? They think they don't. They never thought that the worker bees were all female. Mm-hmm. You know, they there's just so many things that the consumer, you know, different they they just don't know, mm-hmm. and I think that is it's an important job. You know, we're in it for the honey, and we're in it ultimately for the money. But I think education wise, you know, Dom Pop's Honey Farm needs to get out there and you know expose a lot of the importance. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, if, if the bees are gone, that could be, that could cause some havoc. Mm-hmm. Since, since we started having the open house, 
that has grew as far as people coming here in mass. Mm-hmm. People look forward to that every year mm-hmm. when you want to have it. Mm-hmm. And, and we try to make it interesting to the people. We show them from from the very first thing it, you have to do to start building a beehive up until the uh, uh, it goes into the bottom. People mm-hmm. can see that coming here at the farm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, oh, we have a big crowd. And every, we try to have, we have it on the same date, the first Saturday mm-hmm. in August of mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. And, and we try to make it interesting to people, make it a fun day. Mm-hmm. We have people come in, they will spend the day here. It's, it's like a carnival atmosphere <laughs> sometimes. But in the meantime, we there's enough people here that we have to do tours. Every every so often we take them and we start them through. People leave here with the knowledge that they didn't have when they came. Mm-hmm. So, but and, and, and again, uh, our most of our neighbors don't know how much honey we put out on this place here. We mm-hmm. we just try to keep it a nice clean place. And mm-hmm. People drive by and they don't. They don't know that that much honey goes out of here. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Just, mm-hmm. just love it. Great. And you two get to spend time together, which I'm sure oh, yeah. is yeah. immensely gratifying. Yeah. Have, have your children got involved? Uh, uh, my son, Cody, he's, he's the grunt worker. When he's up here, mm-hmm. he's, you know, down with his dad right now, but he's helped a lot in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, my daughter, she might help out at the show here yeah. and there. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much, you know, it's it's a family business. Mm-hmm. Pretty much me and him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I, that's just business. It's a business that, you know, we... There's times where we clash and, mm-hmm. you know, we agree to disagree sometimes, but I wouldn't trade it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade it for the world. We have, speaking of family, we have, uh, or my sister-in-law, she does all of our finances. Mm-hmm. And she she wouldn't go out into a bee yard and save her life. <laughs> she's scared to death of a honeybee. But she, uh, she has a mental support. Mm-hmm. She helps helps me immensely. Mm-hmm. And she takes care of all the books and, and she she's a great person. That's mm-hmm. what they got. Mm-hmm. So you may have you may have addressed this already, but what, what legacy are you hoping to leave behind with this business and this the impact that you've made? Well, I, I don't know. I just I don't think about that too much. I, I just, I know, I know Don Pop's Honey Farm has, has a, has a great name out there mm-hmm. as far as the honey and, uh, any, any questions come up about bees, why they say, well, yeah, go see Don Pop. But I just like to be known as, as, as a hard worker, uh, honest, uh, free with my information. New beekeepers. I love getting new bee, new beekeepers started mm-hmm. in the business. And 
I would like to see that. I don't know. I, I just like like to make sure that the honeybees are on, on the earth forever. Mm -hmm. I know how important honeybees are to society and our, and our livelihood. But uh, I don't know. I just like to be remembered as a, as a pretty good beekeeper. Mm -hmm. yep. Before I ask Tracy the same question, something that just popped in my head. Are declining honeybees, is this a worldwide problem? Or are there some countries where it's the, the population is still thriving tremendously? That well, as far as I know, it, from everything I read in magazines and hear from different, uh, uh, different big commercial people out west, I know a lot of uh, commercial people that run thousands and thousands of hives, uh, listen to them talk. It's, it's worldwide. Hmm. You know, I talked to a gentleman the other day that has bees out pollinating the almonds right now, and he has lost half of his bees already this year. Hmm. And uh, it, it seems like that's the way it is every year, one thing or another. But, you know, it, it is a worldwide uh, problem with honeybees. Hmm. And, and a lot of it is petrocytes that mm -hmm. seem to be the biggest culprit. Mm -hmm. Worldwide. If you see GMOs, that's genetically modified mm -hmm. organisms, right. and that's they instill inside that the seed, the um, uh, what am I thinking? Soybean, not soybean. While well, they do that with soybean, well, a lot of new stuff that they use on, on seed corn. Mm -hmm. Now you're. I hear that your chemical companies, they are denying that there's a problem, but uh, we know that. We know what it is. But, mm -hmm. yeah. but they instill in that seed a, a pesticide, herbicide, whatever. Mm -hmm. The bees go out there and get in contact with that, and you know that's where the colony collapse, they think, Part is coming it. from. Mm -hmm. So if you see GMOs... Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the country is over there, but they they ban the GMOs. Mm -hmm. Whether, however, their bees are doing over there because of that, mm -hmm. you know. But over here, it's you know you see the GMOs, the neo unique toids. Yeah. yeah, that's bad stuff. Mm -hmm. You just want people to know that. That you work, you help save the bees. You do the best you can to save the bees. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of put that out to people that we really care about the honeybees. Mm -hmm. Not so much that it's a money, money making deal. Just uh, we like more people get bees and see them do good. Mm -hmm. Well, it's I know it's. I know the needle never moves fast enough in the direction you want, but I think people are becoming more aware of it. Yes. And not only in just just hearing things, but in terms of shopping patterns. And, yeah. Uh, That's, that started in the year 2006. That was the first year for colony collapse syndrome. Mm -hmm. That's when your bees disappear. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know I, uh, uh, people that, talk to me 
from that year on. <clears throat> used to, before that, people said, well, I don't care if there ever was a honeybee. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. But once they started telling people, well, no bees, no food, then uh, the public has kind of changed their mind. And the majority of people you talk to, they, they do care about the bees. Mm -hmm. They don't want nothing to do with them, mm -hmm. but they want me to save the bees. Mm -hmm. And they and some of them will do, say, well, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And uh, then that's when uh, the trend started to buy more local. They want the local product. Mm -hmm. That started about that same time. Mm -hmm. And it used to be nobody wanted bees, but now uh, I don't know how many people we we help get started every mm -hmm. year. New beekeepers. Mm -hmm. That's an average of five or six. And more so this year, we mm. a lot of new guys, new people, they're wanting a beehive. Mm -hmm. So the public has really changed the prescription of the honeybee. Mm -hmm. Wrap up question, uh, since Tracy, you're you're all things web expert wise, and I'll put this on the show notes. How how can people find you on the internet with your website and Facebook? <clears throat> dompopshoneyforum.com mm -hmm. uh, Facebook is dompopshoneyforum it's a personal account now mm -hmm. but I'm hoping to switch that over to a business mm -hmm. so it can hold more mm -hmm. more likes and more customers and, mm -hmm. um, but other than that I mean it's I try to keep as much information on the uh, website as I can Facebook mm -hmm. you know expose all the information that you know, we think the public likes to see. Mm -hmm. And I know you just approved my friend request on Facebook, yeah. so I'm yeah. looking forward to going yeah. on that some more. And, yeah. And then I'm sure you post information about the August event mm -hmm. that you've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. When you yeah. come. Okay. Um, I think the whole legacy thing, you could yeah. maybe delete the whole breakdown on my yeah. part. Uh, Back <laughs> that question. Yeah. But I think uh, my, my, I mean, I think it's more the, the so business is more, you know, my dad's. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to help out. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, if something ever was to happen to him, I, I would like to carry yeah. on with it. Mm -hmm. Continue on yeah, with his name can, and what, you know, his purpose is, is for the bee. Mm -hmm. just, and, like right now, minute, you know, it's just... Just an we'll important done. thing. It's not only a yeah. business. Yeah, we'll be, brand we'll be out there soon. We can get out here. Uh, outside. Thanks, but Yeah, we about. could sell 10 million jars of honey. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the specimen there to make that, mm -hmm. you know, what's it all good for? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today. And I'm sure the audience will learn a lot in terms of just the beekeeping and hopefully the tips you had just with even just not spraying in their own right. yard to, to so dandelions can grow and the concept of buying locally and in the awareness of of the beekeeping importance uh, really appreciate you being on the show today All right. thank you very much it's a pleasure to pass out the information <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. Uh, we will have the show notes with the webpage, the Facebook link, and some of the other information. Uh, last question, are there any good articles or books about beekeeping that the audience might be interested in?
Now you have the uh, Butler County Beekeepers Association. They meet every second second Thursday of the month. Uh, Ohio State Beekeepers Association has a webs you know web location they can go to and get information. Okay. You get on the National Honey Board okay. website. www.honey.com. Okay. Yeah, there's lots of information out there about bees and their products. Great. Well, we'll put those in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioans show, and have a great day.